What's going on, family? It's Sean. And if it's energy policy, it's do as I say, not as I do. And I'm tonight I'm joined by my co-host Damien. What's going on, Dame? Hello. Everybody. He's saying he's saying hello. So we wanted to, to share with you all this huge divergence between what's going on in the wealthier nations, of course, the Western world, how they are making this green transition, while at the same time telling poor developing nations that they need their resources, but for themselves, they got to walk. So we found a really good article and we wanted to share it with you all and then just kind of have a brief conversation about this. So this is energy hypocrisy at its finest. Uh, this article was written by Bjorn Lumberg. And what, what Mr. Lumberg says is that the rich world's fossil fuel hypocrisy is on full display in its response to the global energy crisis after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, a few months ago, the G7 countries admonished the world's poor. They basically told them they're not going to help subsidize any more fossil fuels. They told all the poor and developing nations around the world that you must use renewables because of cli climate concerns. And then at the same time, you see the European leaders and the leaders in the United States going towards to Arab countries and asking them, hey, could you please uh, increase your production of oil and expand that? Uh, recently, Germany has decided to reopen up the coal power plants. That was 21 coal power plants that Germany decided to open. Uh, same situation with Spain and Italy. And these countries have also gone over to these African nations and they're begging them. They're saying, please ramp up your oil production or we'll help you find new developments. While at the same time, a country like Germany could decrease its dependency on Russian gas by 12% if they just reopen those three nuclear power plants. But as I discussed in an earlier video, they're not going to do that because it's all political. So it says here in the article that a single person in the rich, rich world uses more fossil fuel energy than all the energy available to 23 poor Africans. Uh, the rich world, it's so hypocritical because we have this lifestyle we're able to do this podcast right now. We're able to have all our lights because we've gotten, we've exploited the earth. We've exploited these countries and we've benefited from it. But at the same time, we're telling these countries like, no, 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 you're not able to do that. You can't have the same opportunities. And one of the greatest examples of this was what there was this village. It was called Darney and Greenpeace said that they were going to turn, it's, it's a, a village in, in India, and they said that they were going to turn it into the first solar-powered community in 2014. So they got a lot of glowing media attention. People were very excited about it. Well, guess what happened? So the day that they turned on the solar electricity, the batteries were drained with, within hours. And it says a boy remembers wanting to do his homework, but there wasn't enough power for his family's one lamp. Villagers were prohibited from using fridges or TVs because they would literally exhaust the system. The grid wasn't strong enough. They couldn't even use electric cook stoves, so they had to continue burning wood and dung. They had they had to use even more, more pollution uh, dirtier energy because the solar power wouldn't work. It, it, it was, it was uh, kind of funny when you think about it, but 
at the same time, they're not going to stop with this. And you might say to yourself, it's like, oh, no, the technology is getting better. We could use some, some battery, battery tech. We're going to be able to store some power. Well, it says battery tech technology offers no answers. Globally today, there are only enough batteries to power global average electricity consumption for one minute and 15 seconds. Even by 2030, with projected rapid battery scale-up, they would only last less than 12 minutes. It says for contacts, every German winter when solar is at its minimum, near zero wind energy is available for at least five days or more than 7,000 minutes. So it says this is why the rich world is on track to continue to mostly rely on fossil fuels for decades. The International um, Energy Agency, which is the IEA, estimates that even if all current climate promises are delivered, fossil fuels will still constitute two-thirds of the rich world's energy in 2050. This, folks, is what you call energy hypocrisy at its finest. So, Dan, what do you think about this? What do you think about this hypocrisy that we're seeing from all these G7 nations, these upper income nations, these developing nations with what they're doing and what they're telling the world? It's worse. It's worse than that, because we have to put into context what's been happening over the past couple of years. Uh, we've had um, some of the biggest world leaders pushing the global reset, um, but they've also... Um, realize that these promises that they've been making since the 70s, primarily, in terms of en renewable energy and where we're going to be, <clears throat> where we should be already, um, haven't panned out. And they're going to have to account for the billions and billions of dollars they've spent on wind and solar power. And Germany is really one of the best examples of this. Uh, and I think their last... Um, leader Angela Merkel, one of the things she was doing behind the scenes and President Trump at the time called her out on this was making deals with Russia to get gas because the bottom line was they realized that in any kind of an emergency, in any kind of uh, war in Europe that might have been, you know, thought about it at her time, they were simply not going to be able to uh, make up the difference with renewable sources. Um, there are stories as recently as a few weeks ago that in major German cities right now, because Russia has um, slowed the supply of gas, there are people who are not taking hot showers. Um, there are people who are um, not having electricity for certain parts of the day in modern Western nations where they're used to it. Um, and the worry is that in six months, if they don't figure out something with Russia and come to a deal, they don't really know how Germany is going to run day to day. Okay, So the, the bottom line is it's not just hypocrisy, but it's false promises, lack of delivery, and no accountability, nobody really checking on whether these things came to pass. Um, one thing I want to talk about is the real, the real irony about the, the, the discussion or telling, um, emerging markets or developing countries to slow down subsidies of fuel is that there are fossil fuel subsidies are about $5.9 trillion or they were in um, 2020. Okay. That is about 6.8% of global GDP. 
So in other words, that's not that's not how much fuel is worth. That's just what we pay people to to produce fuel as a bonus. And they predicted, and we don't have the numbers, but that in 2021 or around now, that percentage of GDP would go up to 7.4%. Okay. And the reason that it would increase is that that's the increase in subsidies coming from emerging market countries. So countries that are developing their own, you know, found fuel are starting to begin to pump it or figure out a way to get it out of the ground. So the, the idea here is when you've got these environmental targets, these 2025 targets, these, or, you know, whatever, um, you know, Biden's recent targets are, the only way you reach those is if you assume um, Western countries lower their use and other people's use doesn't change, right? Um, and, and of course, you just forget about China. You don't add them in the formula because it'll blow it all up. So the, the idea here is they want to get rid of subsidies to reach, um, I think the target is reduce emissions by 36% uh, by 2025, okay? But you can't, you cannot do that um, the way we're going anyway. And you certainly can't do it if the amount of emissions or, or uh, subsidies and fuel production increases in other countries. The only way you can do it is if we drastically reduce our use um, so that the, those increases don't affect it. Um, the, bottom, you know, the bottom line is this, the, the promises, the targets, the numbers um, just, just aren't, aren't uh, realistic. And what's interesting about the gentleman who wrote that article for people who want to look him up is that he was really a um, climate change uh, promoter. I, I don't want to say he's not a denier now, but he was a he's a scientist. And what happened is he began to look at the numbers um, years and years ago and realized that some of the things we were selling were uh, about the environment were not true at all. But then if we were to get there, the truth is we would have to force the poorest countries to make changes that we were absolutely unwilling or unable to meet. Yep, that's that's the uh, hypocrisy of it all. The These richer nations are getting older. Uh, their population is, is barely growing. And we're telling the nations who actually have a young base who have an opportunity to build a middle class, to use this energy, to be successful, saying you can't do it. But I do guarantee you this, the richer nations aren't going to change their lifestyle, but the poor ones are going to have to. I think there's, you know, and I, I hate to be, you know, I, I, I certainly sort of hate the overuse of, um, you know, racism uh, phrase and the, uh, culturalism phrasing, uh, phraseology or whatever. But there's something about um, when you read how um, more Western environmentalists or people who are, who are pushing this agenda talk about people in emerging markets, okay? The, the fact is when you look at, let's say, your average person in India and how they use fuel. Now, India is one of the biggest subsidizers of fuel in the world, okay? Um, but when you look at, uh, let's say, an average person's use, they're using it for a cooking stove. They're using it for um, heat, electricity. 
Um, they may have a, a moped or a motorcycle, something small. But we talk about that in terms of inefficiency, and we suggest that those items pollute much more than items we have. And, and that's just simply not true. Um, it assumes that, you know, they are the people, they are back in the industrial revolution and the technology hasn't changed. Those small um, motorcycles running, uh, small scooters running around Vietnam are very efficient and they don't put out a lot of pollution and they're getting better and better. So the, the funny thing is, is that the, these new generations of people who are developing their own fuel and putting it in the market and using it day to day are actually more likely to use it, um, to use less of it and use it more efficiently than we have during our lifespan. Because when we put it into uh, big ass trucks or whatever, or whatever we use. So there's a bit of, um, it's not just hypocrisy. The suggestion is that they're not smart enough to use fuel in an efficient way. Um, and But guess what? We're not smart enough to use our cash in an efficient way because we spend a shitload on solar panels in Germany. Don't work out. And there's no wind. But you know what's great? That's that's the dichotomy right there. We can use things. We have enough energy. Suppose when we use it for recreational use, and then we look down on people who just use it for basic survival. Well, uh, I thought, go ahead. Well, yeah, there's one last thing I want to say. And um, some of this stuff doesn't even matter because the people they should be talking to is China. Um, and the, and not just because of China's growth and use and, um, you know, I guess disregard for a lot of the environmental regulations, but also the fact that China, uh, unlike the United States, has spent the past decade, especially in Africa, investing there, investing in natural resources, um, making friends, making loans to put countries in a tough position where they owe China. So the decisions about a lot of the fossil fuels are not going to be made really by the governments of those countries, just like the decisions about fossil fuels are not really made by our government. Uh, hey, I mean, save, hey save, save that content for another video because <laughs> yeah, we, we got we got we got some Yeah, talk to I mean, talk to the Chinese, maybe don't piss them off. But again, that's not my thing. That's another topic for another yeah. day. Yeah, I have that. I was going to show you a, a presentation, but my chips haven't arrived from Taiwan for some reason. Yeah, that's right. And actually, I only got three three minutes left on this chip right here. It's, it's power and everything. So, yeah. Well, maybe um, we can make them in America. Yeah, hopefully by maybe starting in 2030. Well, um, we just wanted to share this with you all. If you like the content, if you if you have things that you want us to discuss, go ahead, send us an email. Give us a like on the video if you, you want to. If you don't, I don't care. Helps the algorithm regardless. But uh, show your love and support, and we'll catch you in the next video. Take care.